Welcome to Old Man Blurred. Hi, I'm John, and along with my friend Terrence, we make up a pair of lifelong geeks who happen to be black, over 50, but are certainly nerds first and foremost. The Alpha Geek and the Omega Freak. And we welcome everyone. And by everyone, we mean nerds, blurds, and bleaks, cosplayers and role players, geeks and freaks, Marvel zombies and distinguished competitors, Trekkies, Star Warriors, Bat Maniacs, and Spider fans, Warhams, Whovians, AFALs, adult fans of Legos, Tolkienites, Weeaboos, Supernatural Hunters, and Otakus, Ava Geeks, Bro Stars, and Sis Stars, Pokemon Trainers, Potterheads, Bronies, Whovians, Browncoats, and Scoobies, and all nerd properties in between. Because we are over 50, we've seen a thing or two and have experience, long experience, with a lot of these properties. So thank you for listening to Old Man Blurred. Yep. All right, can you hear me? Oh, I think you're muted. I think you're still muted there. Hello? Darren. Hello, there you are. You might, you can actually get yeah, rid of yeah. the video if you want, considering I don't typically upload video, I just upload the soundtrack. And that might help your bandwidth. Oh, now you look like your bandwidth is good. See you, Toji. Nice. <laughs> it's hot or cold. So again, welcome to Old Man Blurred. Uh, we were having- This might take four hours to get two minutes. Yes. <laughs> Just to get through the introduction, uh, we are 50-something nerds who uh, have seen a thing or two about a thing or two about all things nerdy, and we get to reminisce and commiserate and complain and vent and laugh about all of those things. So what I think that when I lost you, uh, I asked, what nerdy thing were you up to in the last seven days? Nothing much. You know, I was, I was uh, geeking out over a few nerd properties on the Super Bowl commercials. Ah, yes. See, I, uh, in true nerd fashion, wasn't watching the Super Bowl. I'm, I don't really have any animosity towards football particularly, but, you know, the sports I watch, this is a bit of shade I'm throwing. Play more games. <laughs> soccer plays more games hawker hockey plays more games hawker hockey plays more games uh let's see uh basketball plays more games football plays a measly what 17 games it's like i think both i think baseball plays like 182 yes they do (laughs) and uh premier league soccer is like 30 something 38 maybe uh, I'm pretty sure hockey's around 80-something. I don't start well, let's go really... To, let's go to sports geekdom for a moment. Yes. Since, I mean, we're still talking about geek or... It's still geekdom. It's still nerddom. Nerddom. Sure. Yeah, okay. Uh, sports-wise, the shortest lifespan, team-wise, is football. American football. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna get CTE any moment now. <laughs> so they're not to joke about such a dark subject, but sometimes the only laugh we can have is gallows humor. But yeah, they don't really last long uh, in no, that sport. But I think uh, uh, in mixed martial arts, I think it's the shortest one now. 
Yes, I imagine you're only doing that for a few years, five maybe years or so. Uh, right, and then after that is boxing. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the the dangerous sports. You know, it's strangely, I think that hockey they they can go pretty good. Uh, I Jordy, yeah. ha- uh, so hockey is like soccer, or in both cases, like basketball. All three of them they have the commonality that they pass as they get older. Yeah, I mean, I almost call, called him Jordy, but it's Gordy, Gordy Howe. Gosh, I mm-hmm. I, all the hockey nerds out there would, would hit me with their sticks. <laughs> They'd check me into a steel wall for. Well, they get armor and name. a weapon. Think about that. Yeah, so I, uh, Gordy Howe, I remembered. Uh, you know, he played for you know quite some time. Uh, Bobby Orr played for quite some time. I think Gretzky played for quite a bit too. So mm-hmm. you know, they're, even though they're getting, they're taking the hits. They they uh, they seem to last a little bit longer than football players and play more games. So there's the shade. It's like ah. well, like I said, it's the, it's the passing. Passing it is in baseball. They start aiming their shots. That's yes. what it is. You know, they think they start aiming. Even if it's a blunt, they they aim it. <laughs> yeah, I imagine you did. You get a couple of bean balls. You probably aren't aren't gonna <laughs> aren't gonna play for real long. <laughs> That's no, true. No, no. But um, so your geekdom was mostly locked up in Super Bowl commercials, which I imagine I'm going to see at some point. I used to think, oh, I'm going to watch the Super Bowl because I'll see some commercials. Uh, it's capitalism. I'm going to see those commercials eventually. I'll probably see them uh, before, during, and after a Super Bowl. So I don't think I need to watch football to check them out. Yeah, I'm casting yeah, but all the edited shade. and cut out. They're edited and they cut them down. Sure. But that's a funny thing. Now we edit commercials because sometimes a commercial will be a whole minute. They edit down and you go, well, that don't make sense. Sure. That don't sure. make sense and they edit it down. They especially able to do that on geek movies. Hmm. Yeah, because they already know it's like, look, it's Captain Marvel, go. <laughs> look, it's Madam Web, go, which we will talk about in a little bit. Um, I suppose the only geek thing, the geek thing that I've been doing is playing the one piece card game. Which if you see cards, ladies and gentlemen, out and about, pick them up because they're gonna be gone soon. It, it there's a mad crazy rush to get one piece cards and as a one piece fan who's watched all the anime and reads the manga as well uh they're pretty collectible and the game is quite fun so i finally have went through all the tutorials and played the online version of the game that uh i forgot the gentleman that put up sort of made his own version of the game um he takes patreon subscriptions please help him out I'll probably remember the name sometime during this podcast, but it's a it's a great game. It's a fun game to play. It's uh, a bit like Pokemon in a way, a bit like Magic in a way, a little easier, uh, I think, to get the rules uh, and pretty fast. But it's it's pretty fun. Hmm. And that's the geeky thing, and catching up with all of the anime that I've been trying to, you know. Uh, catch up on free Ren is a really good one that i've been watching i finally went back to samurai shampoo that's the same uh same animators as for cowboy bebop with Sham- mm-hmm. samurai shampoo it's very good and i think that's about it i'm sure that you know we though something will occur to me when we start doing our extended nope versus dope uh, segment. Um, no, I got one for you right now since you mentioned it to a degree. 
Oh, okay. What's the Cowboy is it a nope or a nope or a dope? It's both. Cowboy so, Bebop when they changed the clothing of Valentine in the live action versus the cartoon. Mm-hmm. That was both a dope and a nope at the same time because some people go, well, they're making it into an object. Some people are so concerned about the objectivity of any character, mm-hmm. more so women in Western culture, but still, any character, as far as sexual gratification, rather than knowing why the character dresses that way anyway. There's a story, very few characters just dress that way. That's in true. Any, any storyline. It could be the weather. It could be their culture. I mean, you look at the Indian Hindi Saran. I think that's how you pronounce it. The Sarong, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, in some, I mean, some cultures, that's considered very risque. Sure. But it's, it's traditional. Sure. Well, I think that it would, I think that the funny thing about uh, her dress in the anime is that it sort of makes sense to her character. And I think when you take that out of two-dimensional anime space and throw it into three-dimensional human space, it is a fairly revealing costume that probably not a lot of actresses would want to wear. But, you know, I look to Fifth Element and Fifth Element had some crazy costumes and it and it fit because you're thinking this is in the future and people are going to be a lot different in the future. Um, it's like when you watch uh, that cyberpunk uh, anime that was also good on Netflix. Uh, yeah, people dress differently in the future. Uh, people aren't going to go back to necessarily Victorian dress where it's like, ooh, look at her ankles. <laughs> it's like Actually, I, I beg to differ again. I think uh, some will because you always had that Victorian dresser. That's true. You're always going to have some steampunk weirdo. <laughs> I like steampunk. I'm, I'm, my tongue is firmly in cheek when I say steampunk weirdo. But yeah, you're going to find some steampunk weirdo that's like, oh, I'm going to dress like a, a Victorian age with, you know, all kinds of electronic devices on my top hat. Uh, <laughs> well, but I mean, yes, a good example. They have a game coming out called uh, Ronin. And okay. the interesting thing is for the PS5. And the interesting thing is they take advantage of 1850. Okay. 1850 is a magical time because you have cowboys. Sure. You have samurai. Sure. You have pirates. Yeah. <laughs> you have, you have Zulu. Yeah, you have all of <laughs> all of the various nerd properties that are around, right? Right. So I mean, you think, wow, that's pretty cool. Uh, that's a that's a I haven't I don't have a nope or a dope and ladies and gentlemen I should we should probably explain because we haven't done them consistently but nope and dope are nope something that's in sort of pop culture nerd world geek world what have you that we are just cannot abide and dope being something that we really really like uh, or support or support and you know I think that so that the nope and dope on Hope Valentine's uh, uh, costume from the live action to the anime uh, was that that explains that piece. Okay, back back to what you were saying. Go ahead. It's just that that's a that's a fascinating time that I think more should go into exploring. Hopefully, yes. it is truly really a fascinating time. Yeah, Even though the pirates would be older our age. <laughs> that's that is true. Uh, 
I, I think uh, that reminds me of, I don't have a nope or a dope for this, but there is a pirate game that just came out. Uh, Skull and Bones. Yes. And I, I, I think that IGN gave it a lukewarm positive review. Like, I think well, they might have given it like a seven or something like that. As a gamer of old, I give it the review because I don't own it. Like, one of two things. Either you play it so many, you have five copies. Or you don't play it, but you get it because you are supporting the system and you have a coaster. Hmm. <laughs> is it on computer or is it on a play PS5 and all of that? It's on the PS5 okay. and on the Xbox. Hmm. So you can probably get it on computer, too. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, maybe. I, sometimes they have them. They, they make you wait on some of that stuff. I, I guess I, I don't have a nope or a dope for it. I would I have a hope. <laughs> I suppose okay, that's we'll a, add that is the third we'll add, category. That is, that's a third category. I have a hope that it will be good. Uh I'm not a I was never a big pirate person, which is kind of odd considering how much I love One Piece. But yeah, uh, who I, are I, you? I know, right? <laughs> I, I you know, I, I mean I, I kind of liked Hook, you know, and, and Peter Pan, I should say. Uh, I didn't, I think I saw most of Hook and it was fine. My I, goodness. But I think that what has, now that I hear more about what the history of pirates was, I'm more intrigued. I'd like to maybe pick up a decent book about it. Oh, pirates were down. interesting because as long as you did the job, they did not care about your race, your heritage, or your religion. Yeah, and I think that's that's the key, is that I think that that's what makes it intriguing to me, is that, you know, they seem to be fairly egalitarian, really, mm -hmm. in terms of who was able to be on the ship. So they didn't much care about race. I don't know how much they cared or didn't care about gender. Now, I'm not going to make any apologies for what I'm sure was a tremendous amount of looting, <laughs> tremendous amount of murder <laughs> and possible well, I mean, rape. It's one and of those things, things but you but... have to understand, I mean, historical wise, as far as pirates go, it's far easier to have them be a lifestyle and have heroes and villains among them. You're not sure. going to be able to do that with the Nazis. There no. you go. Yes. I'm just saying, you, 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 you might have the guy who played Goldfinger on record, he was as close to a good Nazi as you got because he was conscripted. Sure, sure. He did not support them, but he did not want to get killed nor his family get killed. Sure. Uh, and so, yeah, so I'm intrigued. Skull and Bones. I'll ch I think I'll probably check it out as a hope. I do have another not nope, not dope, but a hope, and that's the Fantastic Four. Uh, I believe the final casting for the Fantastic Four has come out now. Yes. Um, right. I believe I'm going to look it up real quick uh, because it it uh, some of the names escape me. But let's see. Fantastic forecast. I'm pulling it up for you, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so the new cast. Oh, they're still not showing. Oh yeah, here it is. Uh, this is on, I guess 
the many of man of many UK. I don't know what that site is, but anyway, Pedro Pascal. Yeah, Pedro Pascal is going to be Reed Richards. Uh, Vanessa Kirby is going to be Sue Storm, and uh, jo Joseph Quinn is going to be Johnny Storm, and Ebon Moss back backrack backrack is Ben Grimm. I'm unfamiliar with him. Uh, I'm. Uh, I think folks will re remember Joseph Quinn. He played Eddie in Stranger Things, the D and D metal kid, which I thought was about as accurate as a thing could possibly be from the nineteen eighties and Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, all of my friends that flashbacks. Played... <laughs> what? Flashbacks. Yes, every single person that I knew that played uh, D and D with me had a denim jacket that had Dio on the back, and <laughs> and we're into heavy metal. It's like all of the friends of mine that were sort of nerdy geeks in middle school turned into heavy metal guys in high school. It was very interesting. Uh, some of them yeah. turned into new wavers like me, new waver, goth, punk people but for the most part they were uh all of my we they, did not fit that's yes, where we belong they they did and so eddie was about the most realistic character in all of stranger things <laughs> except for the first remember, season the first season you know, all of them were pretty realistic we were all the kid we were all the kid that we didn't fit now i'll be honest i wasn't the one that belonged to any group i just kind of bounced around yeah, I think I think I bounced around until I solidly became kind of a new wave, new romantic, gothy punk kid by about tenth, eleventh grade. And I was into theater, so I was doing theater stuff, and so I yeah, I, and I was doing speech competitions, you know, humorous and terp and stuff, and debate. And so I yeah, I was I was going to be on the outs until just about the last year of school. <laughs> And then it was like, wow. oh, these those kids are kind of cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but Eddie was very realistic. And that is the actor that's going to be playing uh, Johnny. Uh, Pedro Pascal, everyone knows from Last of Us and The Mandalorian. Uh, he's great. So he's going to be, a, he's the wild kid right now. He's everywhere. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, he is sort of. <laughs> There are certain people where you can tell that they must, I don't know, I think they call it the Q meter or the hotness factor or the X factor, whatever it is, where they're just, their stock is rising. And his has been rising probably since The Mandalorian for sure. Uh, and oh, he, he has a, his agent's not out of work yet. No, he is, and he must have a hell of a, a publicist. So, getting him to be Reed Richards. I was intrigued when at, as for a while there, they were looking at Adam driver and uh, he I do, could do it too. I, I, I would have preferred Adam driver. Actually, I do like Pedro Pascal, but Pedro Pascal looks a little bit rougher to me than I imagine Reed Richards being, I imagine Reed Richards being kind of on the nerdy side of things. The first Reed Richards that for that original, uh, set of movies that had jessica alba uh i think uh that ian. richards ian grufford of grufford did something like that yeah he was genetic casting brother yeah that was the most reed richards looking person i have ever seen i think i mean it was just it was just genetics he had no choice 
Yes. Now, I don't know anything about Vanessa Kirby, but I guess she was in Napoleon. No. And uh, I know nothing. Yeah, I don't really know anything about her particularly. Uh, I I thought it was interesting casting having Jessica Alba in it, and you know, uh, but I I do think that, and gosh, I'm sure all of the, <laughs> all of the people that are woke anti woke casting would uh applaud me for saying it, but I didn't see her as particularly as Sue Richards. Also, and... they made her stop acting. Uh, which you know that's unfortunate because I thought she was good in some stuff that I've seen her in. You know what I'm saying? That 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 part made her stop acting. I don't know why. Hmm. You know. Yeah, I, we I mean, have to look that about... up. And ladies and gentlemen, if you have information on why Jessica Alba bailed on acting related to Fantastic Four, uh, hmm. I can't imagine the fandom being super cool. Which is why I think it took so long for them to get the cast for Fantastic Four. I mean, it took them a while. I don't think they, they went through multiple, multiple groups of people to well, this try to group four. Yeah, right. And, you know, free of charge, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you what my pitch would have been to the Fantastic Four. They went to the negative zone before Iron Man became Iron Man, before anything. They went to the, the negative zone there through cosmic rays and being lost in a completely different plane of existence, they come back with superpowers. So that means they avoid the snap with Thanos and they still end up being sort of the first superheroes, the first family. In other words, everyone looked up to them and then they just vanished. That would be the perfect thing. And then they happen to bring stuff back from the negative zone, like Annihilus or Blastar or even Galactus. And then you have your story and, you know, and maybe Dr. Doom uh, as a major rival uh, was obsessed with them being gone and then slowly took over his, his country and, and he ends up being a big bad. And I, there it is free of charge. Marvel, you would have made a mint if you had just listened to me. Now what they will do is probably make these people like, Oh, well we're inspired by Iron Man. And it's like, no, my fantastic four was the first superhero group of the Marvel universe. And I will be a, a real jerk <laughs> when it comes to being a geek, a blurred about that. I think they were first, and it was important that they were first. So There are reasons why it was important. Yeah, there was reasons why they were important. There was reasons why, you know, Reed Richards was the smartest. It, in order of smartness in the Marvel Universe, it was like Reed Richards. It's... And then way after that, it was Tony Stark and and Hank Pym and you know folks like that actually 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 the, the, the way they explain it what you say is true i'm not going to take away from what you said but the way i understand it is that reed richards is kind of like if you want to give numbers okay give numbers he's more like eight in everything mm-hmm. eight in everything but then when you want to get to biology okay here comes reed i mean uh hank Pym, yeah banner banner, or banner yeah I mean? sure he want sure. he's more like a 10 you see what sure. i'm saying and yeah, then, everybody know, had their specialty, but Reed was overall the smartest because he was smart in all of them. Right. He could talk to them all. You know, <laughs> like we can about comics or certain things. We can sit there and talk all day about different characters, which makes yeah. us have a 
a 10, you know. <laughs> and see, everything I've seen Adam Driver in, I would have enjoyed him in. I think I've seen him in House of Gucci. I thought he was good in that. I, I actually enjoyed him in the Star Wars sequels. I thought he was fine. I think it was miswritten, a lot of that stuff. Yes, you know, absolutely but, correct, 100%. But I thought everything I've seen him in has been great. And I think he he, I think, could convey the smoldery brainiac uh insular in uh side of reed richards who's so focused on solving a problem that he ignores all other things the sort of almost um just at the expense of all other things kind of reed richards you know oh no um, exactly neurotypical what you say is true. kind of reed richards is what i would think of and i don't know maybe pedro pascal can play that i mean he's played just about everything else so why not i'm not taking that from him but realistically from what you see now, Adam Driver could probably do it, convey it better. As far as I said in previous communications about how, you know, Alan Scott, the original, his being married was the affair mm -hmm. as far as him and his wife went. Mm -hmm. You know, being a superhero was the affair and that's what got in the way. I figure Reed Richards would be almost the same thing. His science, his quest for knowledge is the affair. Sure. When it comes to Sue. And sure. she both loves that because he saves lives, but she hates that because what the hell? Well, and I think the best one, I mean, outside of the Kirby stuff and outside of the burn stuff. And I mean, I, I am a moderate fantastic four fan, like in that. I probably, you didn't like, you didn't like Austin. Oh, uh, Terry Austin. I don't, uh, I don't remember Terry Austin doing anything, well, maybe inking for stuff that was in fantastic four. Him and Burn, they kind of switched off back and forth. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know if he had done any of the illustration. I know he did the inking for just about everything Burn did in the eighties. But uh, I love the Burn run. I think the Burn run arguably is better than the Kirby Stan Lee run. But the Stan Lee and Kirby runs pretty. It's serious Silver Age good stuff. I I so I I have a I mean a, a fairly deep love for fantastic four but i think that they have just been mismanaged partially because of licensing i think spider-man right. and x-men and fantastic four have been and hulk and hulk to some degree too have all been poorly managed because of licensing it's like who owns them sony owns them marvel owns them who owns them and the fantastic four I, I understand that they had to use Robert Downey Jr. to be the tentpole to start the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But in the comics, it was the Fantastic Four. It was like they were the first, they were called America, you know, Marvel's first family. And there was a reason because they just were so everything about them, even though they were arguably, I think, a ripoff of the Challengers of the Unknown. I think Challengers of the Unknown. Oh, absolutely correct. I think Challengers of the Unknown might have come out earlier, didn't it? Yeah, that was Kirby's first first play into such things. Yeah. And he did that for DC. And that's that is to me the one of the most realistic superheroes. Even now, if you have a billion dollars, you can go do it. The problem with the Challengers of the Unknown is that it's just like so many things where someone can come out with a good idea and someone can do it better. It's kind of like nine inch nails. This is music nerddom for a brief moment. There were, you know, KMFDM, there was Front 242, there was Ministry, there was all these industrial acts, Robin Grissel, Eidster Zendenoibout, and all these sort of, see, I'm 
way deep into the nerd geeks, uh, music geek stuff. But anyway, the, all those industrial acts were doing stuff for years, but it wasn't until Nine Inch Nails came out and really made that sound popular as well as better, arguably, that people got into heavy synth music. And I think that I've read some challenges that I've known, and, but it's a different animal compared to the Fantastic Four. The Fantastic Four, the the relationships that they have, Sue and Reed being married and Johnny and Sue being siblings and Reed and Ben being close college friends. Uh, there was different dynamics and, you know, Ben and Johnny having their almost sibling-ish rivalry about things. Uh, I There was just a, an energy there, an electricity that Challengers of the Unknown, I don't think, had. I think they had the interesting concepts, the weird concepts, but the Fantastic Four, there was something a little a little special there. And maybe that's my bias. I mean, but I oh, I, no, I give credit where credit is due. I absolutely think that the Challengers of the Unknown was the Fantastic Four before the Fantastic Four. And readers, ladies and gentlemen out there, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe it was first. But, you know, I believe that Doom Patrol might have been before X-Men or around this, maybe yes. even the same month. Yes, they were before. And so the chief is absolutely Professor Xavier and all of the the Doom Patrol, which was always weird. I I felt like there are certain certain titles in DC that I feel are more Marvel than DC. And I think there's certain titles in Marvel that are more DC than Marvel. And I always felt like Doom Patrol was very Marvel because they were misanthropes and misfits and everything else. And that isn't the recipe for most of DC. No, when one of your hero characters is a book character living, that takes it to a whole nother level. Sure, a brain in a ro- in a in a machine. <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> that takes it to a whole nother level. You a know. person whose powers can only be used when the the body is collapsed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, a uh, 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 you know a chief that's in a wheelchair. You know, that's uh, you know, yeah. So. It, definitely felt more marvel to me than dc but so i just yeah i have a hope for the fantastic four i do hope it it does well i but i think that uh yeah i don't know <laughs> I, i'm i am somewhat skeptical uh and that gets i think to a little bit of a nope with you when it comes to the superman television show correct well, yes, they uh, decided they were going to cancel it, the show Superman and Lois, because uh, Disney, I mean, not Disney, God forgive me, Warner Discovery. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> blasphemer. Warner Discovery decided in their infinite wisdom that there cannot be two Superman, hmm. which to me has always been an argument because there's three three things that they're not thinking about. Mm-hmm. One is most fans... If they just love the character, they don't care where it comes from. That's just it. Like you were saying about the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. You love the Herbie cartoon from years ago. Sure. See? That's what I mean. I, I didn't hate it, but I would say I couldn't understand why they had him there instead of I think it was they had it him was, there rather than the human torch. I think it was more licensing shenanigans. 
I, I think it's more than one some kid leading himself on fire. Uh, there, there was. I think there might have been some of that, but I think that there was a period of time where the Golden Age, Human Torch, and early Marvel and the Human Torch, there was some issues in terms of ownership. Mm. But it might have just been they were like, "Oh, we don't want kids setting themselves on fire to be the Human Torch," which I think you, that's more than anything. <laughs> which is possible because I think they really thought everyone was stupid. <laughs> well, you know, it didn't but, happen in the 50s. People were jumping out of the windows because of Superman. Of Superman. That's true. George, so, George okay, so maybe there was a little bit of column A and a little <laughs> bit of column B. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so that probably checks out. But So they're going to cancel it, you think? They're canceling it because they don't want the two Superman running around at the same time. And this is ridiculous because Toha felt the same way. Mm-hmm. Rightfully so, because the first... Godzilla iteration we did, as they call it, Zilla, mm-hmm. you know, from 98, which I didn't think was bad, but whatever, here or there. And once the American Legendary Edition came out mm-hmm. and they saw how much money they made, they got actually jealous. So that's when they did Shin Godzilla. Mm-hmm. And then they saw that they were making money between Legendary because then there was Kong and they connected Kong to Godzilla at the same time. So they like, wait a minute, we're making money. And then Netflix did a cartoon called Planet Godzilla at the same time. And like, mm-hmm. oh my God, we're making money. So yeah, they and own the intellectual like, property. So I don't think they have to worry about it too much. Well, that's what I'm saying. We're making money. And so my argument is the same as Superman. They can make money from both the TV show because it was the highest CW show in ratings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the highest consistent audience. Mm-hmm. Now, was it expensive? Well, then you just learn how to cut costs like they used to do. What I mean is, they would use the same set. Mm. They would just change the the design of it. You know, I mean, an office could be a garage. You know, sure. just change the setting or move the furniture. Well, they, they could have done that with Flash too, and they I thought they really uh, messed over the the actor that played the television Flash, which I thought was a great show. I thought that was, was that was much more like what I feel. When I think about the Flash, that was very had all of the feeling of what I when I read Flash comics, what it was like. Oh, I totally agree. You know um, that he was laid back because he nothing could hurt him in the sense that he can outmove it. Sure, and you know Flash is. Uh, yeah, I thought that Flash was great, but they gave it to Ezra Miller, and that guy went on a I don't know what I guess I should say allegedly went on a tri-state crime spree and they were like, nah, we're going to still have him. I mean, it's like at a certain point, it's like, you know, you could have just, this guy could have stepped in the role and everybody would have been happy there. I mean, flash fans would have been happy. Everybody would have been happy, but that guy isn't as quote unquote sexy as probably people, I producers, I guess, think Ezra Miller is. Well, I won't say sexy. I say I just gonna sound really bad because you know, I'm at the stage now. We don't we don't say get off the lawn. We say get off my console. Sure, sure. Because we're 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 geeks. Get off my console. Sure. <laughs> but but I mean, I, I he would have been perfect he, because I think that when you think about superheroes, maybe not Wally West so much, but certainly Barry Allen. You think of him as being slightly geeky. I mean, he was very geeky in those early Silver Age issues. Oh no, he he was because I remember my shock. Mm-hmm. I'd be honest when the Flash when I first found the Flash in the comic store, I was like, okay, whatever, and then. Whatever reason, as the Satan goes, the universe maybe look at one issue. He was collecting comics. 
like, oh my god, he's collecting comics. A superhero that collects comics. Yeah, he you know? and yeah, the Flash of Two Worlds. The I think he's reading a an old Flash comic book in that, if I recall. Yeah, correctly. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's just so cool. I mean, you're just like, oh my god, oh my god. Yeah, geeky he was, out the game. Barry oh Allen god. was Barry Allen was pretty geeky. Wally West, a little less geeky, but you know, Barry Allen for sure. And so, you know, but I think that somebody said, Oh, Ezra, you know, Miller tests well and he, he's an attractive kid, I guess, and today's version of what we how beauty standards change and it was like nah we're gonna have him instead of the the, the fellow that was in the flash uh television show I, I gosh i'm so this is where i really show that i'm an old old man blurred i don't remember his name either uh the actor that played flash i think his name was gus hmm. i think his name was gus because it is not something that's common it does start with the Really, yeah, he's on all that one meme that's in front of the <laughs> the gravestone. That's pretty. Uh, that's pretty funny. Uh, that you yeah. just see him all the time. Grant Gustin. Oh, Grant, not Gus. Okay. Well, yeah, Grant Gustin. Gustin. Last name Gustin. Gus. Yeah, Gustin. he was great. I mean, I actually, I need to. It's a, one of the other things I need to catch up on because I think I watched the first two or maybe three seasons of it, but I got behind. And just got involved in other stuff. And, you know, I mean, I liked Arrow for, I watched, I think, Arrow for the first three or four seasons as well. But, yeah, I think that's a solid nope saying that, you know, to have, uh, to get rid of that Superman show just for James Gunn. And I is his, is he just having a a he what they hired him to have a huge vision to create the DC cinematic universe. Is that basically what they done? wanted their version of and, Kevin from Marvel? And, That's what they wanted, and they just wanted him to have all of the films tied together and all of the. I I think that he is doing the animated creature commandos, which is another thing that I would think would be awesome because that and see again, that one makes me mad there because I'm sorry. That's where I'm old, and I was there when Creature Commandos was part of Weird War Hero stories. Sure, yeah, yeah. I yeah, still have. And, and I may I, have a few Weird War uh, War stories floating around in one of my long boxes. Uh, yeah, but yeah, and I remember Vinny, Vinny the Vampire, and the Frank. Yeah, see, see, the love you. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember loving that. And you're huh? you just changed the story. Where's Vinny? Oh, so they got rid of certain characters, huh? Yeah, oh, I would. I just no. <laughs> well, and see, that's just. I don't know why. What is the point of getting rid of care? I mean, they're just. Cre I mean, no one's gonna know the creature commandos except weirdos like us. So I never understood why you need to change the lore when you're. If you kept the lore the same, an audience that's unfamiliar with the intellectual property isn't going to know. They're not going to go. Oh, this is this is silly. I mean, I understand making changes like, oh, Spider-Man didn't get bit by a radioactive spider because we now know radioactivity kills you. Uh, make it a DNA enhanced spider. Okay, fine, fine. I can make I can accept those kinds of changes, but there's no reason to just have different creature commandos than the original creature commandos. Especially when they they were based upon a combination of science and magic throughout the whole thing. Sure. I mean, sure. I mean, they, Frankie was. He wasn't he wasn't undead. He was just basically what the little fingertip from death mm -hmm. and they rebuild him. And mm -hmm. that's why, you know, he's like got metal enhancements and everything. But he looks 
all but did because it was 1940s tech. Sure. So, and I th- didn't Grant Morrison bring back Frankenstein? He brought it back uh, yeah, yeah, as somewhere that Frankenstein's soldier. Yeah, like Frank- Frankenstein. I think it was. Yes, like when he was when they yeah when he they had him do bulleteer or whatever was it bulleteer? There was a few different uh, uh, clarion. He did he did a but he did like four or five different four or five issue titles that was part of that new 52 and he explored all the weirder sides to dc which to me that's an end for me because i think weird dc was always i just always dug weird dc you know which is why well, I see, handle... that's what they were actually saying was um marvel versus dc the one thing they said is marvel's elseworlds or multiverse is nothing compared to dc because dc they absorb their enemy. <laughs> sure. They absorb, you know, the S verse or Shazam world. They sure. absorb all yeah, of those like, characters. Let's sue you because uh, for those of you that don't know, ladies and gentlemen out there, uh DC sued and won, saying that uh, Captain Marvel was too similar to their Superman. And oh the basically, worst one was a yeah, terrific they, man. Yeah, and they basically sued them so that they had to stop making Captain Marvel. So Captain Marvel, I be- and then they eventually bought Captain Marvel. Now, the yeah. the only similarity, which tells you how, when they sued, it had was 1950s or 40s or somewhere in there. Uh, their only similarities is they both had black hair and wore capes. One was completely magic, <laughs> and the other was an alien. I there were there weren't there their colors weren't even the same. It was yeah, Superman was red and blue but Captain Marvel was like red and gold and white I mean there was yeah. very little similarity uh, and he was out selling that was the biggest thing he was well, out and that's why me. that's why they 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 went after him is because I I think for and correct me if I'm wrong anyone out there in cyberspace but I believe Captain Marvel until they got sued was was beating Superman's sales numbers like two to one or something crazy I was uh, gonna say three to one yeah, it was something. It was like it was strange. I mean, this is when this is pre video games, pre television, pre all of the things where that could distract young people from something other than comic books. Uh, that's when comic books were outside of riding your bike uh, and maybe playing cops and robbers or cowboys and Indians back in the oh, 40s. Oh, God, you're talking about using swords that are made of sticks? Yes, exactly. Out to maybe tossing, you know, rolling a hoop with a stick. There wasn't a whole lot of entertainment uh, for for kids in the 40s and 50s. So, you know, they read comic books. So comic books were doing numbers like in the millions back then. I mean, they, they're just nowhere near that anymore. For our listeners, oh. that is before us. Yes, that is before us. That is, we were born solidly in the Silver Age, <laughs> and red in the Bronze and Golden uh, Bronze Age. Uh, backtracked a little bit to the Silver Age and Golden Age, of course. But yeah, it was before our time. Uh, before just, B- just before, just before BC, they saying how bleaky we are. Yeah, BC BBG before Black Geek. <laughs> so. Yeah, so I so they sued him, and you know that they they won and basically killed that property. And arguably, I don't think the property has ever come back. I think that this newest set of movie uh, mo- movies I think did okay, and I think it was 
before what I'm going to, I think the main subject of today's conversation, superhero fatigue, I think it was before that. Uh, but in general, it just never, it never came back after getting decimated by DC when I think they were still known as national. Were they national comics then? They were national until the sixties. Yes. So you were talking about talking about like when I was born about 67, 68. And I, I've correct me if I'm wrong because I know I know Marvel really well. You know DC really well, and we know each other's uh, fandoms. Okay, uh, I believe DC st- stood for Detective Comics, correct? Yes. Yeah. So it was the initials of Detective Comics because that was their one real cash cow for a while. Yes. DC after being national, and for Marvel it was timely, and then became Marvel. Yes. So. Yes. So, yeah, that's a that's and a that strong... weird period where Marvel split off and had Atlas. Yes. And so <laughs> that is a pretty strong nope that killing an intellectual property because James Gunn wants to expand the universe. And I think this is where we get to the main topic for this episode, which is is superhero fatigue a thing, and is it happening? And I I think. I'm going to argue that it is sort of happening. And maybe it's just happening for me because I haven't seen any movie at the theaters that was a superhero movie since I think the second Doctor Strange. Was that post uh uh endgame? Yes. That was yes, post endgame. Oh, okay. Yes. So I did see a movie post endgame. Which was the Doctor Strange movie? Because I I like Doctor Strange. I th- like psychedelic concepts and psychedelic albums and psychedelic comics. So I was and Sam of, Raimi. Yeah, and I like Sam Raimi. I loved him since <laughs> Evil Dead. So and Evil Dead Two and Army of Darkness and Dark Man and all the things. So, yeah, I I for me maybe there is a bit of superhero fatigue, and so this whole marshalling the resources for James Gunn to take over and create the Marvel, the DC, oops, Freudian slip, the DC cinematic (laughs) universe. uh, I think he's, I think he might be barking up the wrong tree. I, 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 you're always going to have a Batman movie that does moderately well. They change Batman's like, I don't know the average family changes toilet paper. So (laughs) there's always a new Batman actor and that always tends to do fairly well, but I, I just don't see, I don't see the, I guess that's DC. That's, (laughs) that's James Gunn calling me saying, Hey, (laughs) I heard my name ringing. Uh, I, I just don't see it being as successful as the Marvel cinematic universe, because I think there's fatigue. I think people, there has been well, a bit of a revolution against superhero films. Like they just were too, too uh, ubiquitous for a while. It was like that was all that was playing at the theaters. And people went. And then you started getting critics like, you know, Martin Scorsese and other actors saying, oh, you have to be in a Marvel movie and just being oppressed by superhero films. So I think that them trying to get James Gunn to take this over, I think they're going to run smack dab into superhero fatigue because I do think there's more than perhaps sexism at play 
with the poor numbers that are being shown with some of the most recent superhero films. Now, what say you, Terrence, my brother from another mother? Well, a couple things. Number one, as I said before, I don't believe in it. I believe in the marginalization. I believe that eventually it'll be reduced, just as I've said to you before, as Westerns. Sure. Because well, Westerns whole, were huge at a one point in time, and now that you get one every four or five years. You get one major one. You'll get like 20 online or in you know a tv show combined sure. the whole year sure but superheroes will basically do the same thing my thing is when i think of fatigue i think of super spy movies and why i, I think of super bond. spy movies yes and why i think of that is because i love bond will always love james bond but between the pressure of of sexuality and what they perceive to be masculine and the other things tropes that were making it successful in this time mm-hmm either don't exist or being questioned out mm-hmm. or being pushed aside sure. so that it can't be experienced the same. Sure. Superhero like, movies, go ahead. Oh, so, so yeah, because I think some of the tropes that were James Bond was the, you know, the great American, uh, not great American, <laughs> the great British. At the time. Yeah, sure. Oh. White Superman, you know, who was, you know, I Shaft was trying to be James Bond was trying to be like, okay, he's sexy with the ladies. He's a tough guy. He's got cool gadgets. And, you know, now that most people sure, have access. Have gadgets. He has swagger. Sure. Yeah, that's true. He didn't have gadgets. But I think that's the, the interesting thing is, is that now most people have the gadgets. Oh, watch out, doggy. Uh, they have uh, gadgets in their pocket with their smartphones. <laughs> so that isn't as impressive. And maybe with Tinder and Grinder and such, maybe the permissivity, uh, the permissiveness of sexuality isn't that big a deal where virtually everyone has seen something uh, perhaps a little bit racy online. So, you know, I, the, the end, you know, him being like, saving the damsel in distress that doesn't play particularly well and so you think that superheroes are going to sort of collapse under their tropes and maybe have fewer of, of them released but still be released every now and again like cowboy movies are now yeah they're just they're just going to they're, they're not going to collapse much they're just going to change because there's always going to be a country that has them i mean you have hindi superhero movies they just don't call them superhero movies you know, sure. you have a guy literally able to shoot someone five different ways while jumping through a car window at the same <laughs> <Bollywood>. time, <laughs> not being crushed by the car, just tumbling around his body, sure, pulling through. Sure, this mostly just defies total physics. Sure, and you're gonna say that's not a superhero movie. Sure, it's just not wearing well, a costume. Yeah, I mean, John Wick, <laughs> arguably, if they had just decided that they're gonna turn that into the Punisher, and he just wore that. Uh, the Punisher skull, you know, yeah. uh, on his chest, it would have played as a Punisher film for sure. Exactly. Uh, so, so I mean, it's going to morph. It's not so much superhero. Yeah, it's not. It's not going. It's not going to go away. It's going to morph. And what is going to happen? I mean, like DC has a lot of good properties. They just don't know how to use them. I mean, one of the best one is Dexter. Dexter is one of the best ones. Nobody would use Dexter because it's such a weird story, but it would do well. Well, they could do well with Booster Gold, if you ask me. You know, 
Okay, I mean, you say why Booster Gold, and I'll tell you why Dexter. <laughs> yeah, I, Booster Gold, you know, it's like this celebrity ham from the future that wants to just be a superstar. I think that would really play well with our sort of influencer celebrity culture kind of thing. You know, I Perfect. think I think that would really work. Oh, okay. You see, Dexter, Dexter mm -hmm. was a homeless cat. Okay. That was taken in by a homeless person who died, freezing huh. to death, freezing to death, protecting him. And a rage ring got on on his paw. Okay. A red lantern ring got on his oh, paw. Oh, okay. Oh, so he's a red lantern. And yeah, he's full of rage for the way humans have treated homeless and him well and see that's excuse me burped there pardon me ladies and gentlemen that wouldn't but, worth a movie but that would like i told you before do a dc tv show that worth like a one-hour episode well it wouldn't worth a whole movie well and i think the dc mismanaged uh all of the stuff that had to do with the green lanterns i mean the green lantern that was a very unexplored property really with uh and they never did it right. I, the Ryan Reynolds version wasn't well executed, mm -hmm. uh, partially because I think that was still kind of early doors with uh, with the superhero phenomenon. Like the Marvel Cinematic Universe hadn't taken off quite yet, if I recall. Yeah, correctly. it was basically Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor. Yeah, so no one knew the commercial viability yet they knew that people would go see it they just didn't know to what degree they would go see it and i think that was that was kind of the problem and sorry about that ladies and gentlemen my dog pulled out the plug on my microphone he is really wanting to find something back there but i don't know what it is anyways i think that uh they underfunded it completely, and I they just mishandled it. I don't think that they knew what they were doing. I think if you do, if you were to do the Green Lanterns as like a, almost like a seven type police procedural, only with aliens, it would work. I think it would really oh, work. work. I and think see, it, me myself, I, I I have come to the conclusion, DC all the way, name us son after Superman. If I was to be part of DC in the movie, I would not go by that boat just yet. Dude, um, they, they flip people too often. They reboot too much. That's what I have against DC. Well, I you think know, all of... I, I think, have reboot fatigue. I don't have superhero fatigue. I have reboot fatigue. Well, I think fans have reboot fatigue, but I think that regular folks also have uh, superhero fatigue because I do think you see these small films starting to really get a lot of critical acclaim. I love the studio A24. I just about watch everything that they put out and uh, they, uh, they're they smaller films and they're well acted. They're dramatic. Sometimes they're scary like uh, Midsummer or uh, Hereditary. Uh, they're different things that are just really pretty intense. Uh, the Green Knight. And I think that there are people really championing those sorts of movies. And Everything Everywhere All at Once, it even dealt with the multiverse. So it was not, uh, I mean, it was dealing with some of those comic book-y things, but it, it just got 
much more critical acclaim than anything that Marvel had done in a while. So I do think that there's a fatigue. I definitely think, like, for instance, the fact that they're going to make less of them, according to your own sort of view, is because they're not making as much money. So they're and they're not making as well, much money because I think that people are kind of sick of them. Well, part is their fault. And let me explain their fault. What I mean is, as we have both said, oversaturation. But let's ignore that for a second. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Godzilla minus one. Mm-hmm. You have a movie that made hundred plus million mm-hmm. and cost fifteen million. Yeah. Okay. This in in DC. The only reason I say DC because DC has more fan films. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of fan films that look of the same quality that cost a hundred thousand. Sure. Half a million. And yeah, they might be five minutes. They might be a half hour. They need to incorporate these people and they need to start explaining. I know some of it is the unions, you know, 200 million. They're paying for the paint job to support the union, even though nobody worked on it so they could eat. I understand that. But maybe they need to change their practice a different way. You know. And I think that if they do TV shows or animated features, they could continue and really do well. But I do think that these big budget summer blockbuster superhero films, I think that is, it's, I think, really dying down. I think that people still want action films. I mean, how many Mission Impossibles are there? (laughs) How many Fast and the Furious movies are there? And you know what? I have not seen any Fast and the Furious movies. I don't know how that happened. Oh, shame, sir. Well, same, people same. people ask me too. They're like, "You haven't seen any?" And I was like, "Yeah, I haven't seen not one, and I've only seen no one way. Mission Impossible, and that was like, I think the one before the last one." Uh, so yeah, I saw the first Mission Impossible and the second. I didn't see any of the others, and I saw the first Fast and the Furious, and I haven't seen any others uh-huh. because, again, what did we just say? Superhero movies without it being superhero, sure, because you know it doesn't help all. Also, forget about superheroes when they have these uh, websites that pop up and podcasts that pop up telling the real science. And like they had one, what if the Fast and Furious was real? Mm-hmm. And they had like 20 scenes in one movie where someone would die. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they. it's weird because for whatever reason, you know, you tell me a guy uh, got irradiated with gamma rays and anytime he gets mad, turns into this giant monster. For some odd reason, I don't have a problem suspending my belief there. But when you're throwing, like driving a car through a skyscraper's uh, bay window <laughs> and then landing on, I don't know, was it a helicopter or another uh, another uh skyscraper i'm just like nah that's not realistic (laughs) (laughs) you're a bad fan you're the kind of person we don't want to come on come on i mean he's not gonna the the person yeah uh, is is a doctor or whatever and they watch the medical cells well that doesn't work yeah it's like come on give me a break so i yeah so i do think there's i think there's mainstream acceptance superhero uh fatigue i think that there is that fatigue little doggy you were just barking over a little i can accept that like i said it's just going to be like everything else though it's going to go down to being a little corner i mean even if sites but the thing is how does it become like westerns these they're still true westerns but they have comedies once in a while okay that's true but but super spies most super spy movies now are comedies yeah 
the yeah the yeah you have all these sort of spoofs the melissa mccarthy spy movie was there uh yeah you have you have, Argyle, dave bautista, you have yeah yeah you have the dave bautista with the little girl uh yeah. spy movie yeah uh yeah they're all they, they they've made the well i think that's you blame austin powers for that uh i think I know, austin... but still i mean <laughs> i mean how many clones can you have because i mean we all know, I mean, for crying out loud, when James Bond was around in his heyday, they did a parody that was a great spot on two of them. They did Cassio Royale, sure. which was done by the makers of James Bond. Sure. Okay, and then you had our man Flint. Sure. But you can't get no more parody than that. Sure. <laughs> sure. Well, and I think, you know, and that's fine. I, I, I think that there's a lot more stuff that superheroes could do a superhero movies could do but they're just uh it's going to take some risk because and you know i don't know what the numbers are anymore like i don't think marvels did that well ha have you heard any reports on madam web or anything like that no but speaking of that the problem with madam web is that they should have had madam web be glenn close or helen yes. mirren it would, someone it would, that age yeah, it, well, because the Madam Web in the comics looks like that, and yeah, it's like, and now that I'm older, I'm just like, oh, geez, Am I, do I, is that how old I look now? <laughs> it's, it's, no, it's like we Madam Web. Like, we look like we look like George Sanford, Sanford's son. That's what we look like. We're, well, that's we're, what I'm we're... saying. Like uh, Fred, <laughs> Fred Sanford and Sanford's son, and uh, Archie Bunker. Brady. I think they were only in their forties. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying Grady. So we're we're, we're there Grady. Now. I think Grady might have been in his fifties, and I'm like, oh my gosh, man, these yeah, guys look was. like they're. That's the sad part. He was. These guys <laughs> look ancient. I, I, do I? I don't feel like Grady from Fr Sanford and Son. Gee. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know how the numbers are are doing on that. Uh, I I think all of those actresses. I well, I I haven't seen. I haven't seen many of the actresses that are in Madam Web. I've seen Sydney Sweeney in in uh White Dakota. Lotus. I saw Dakota Fan uh, it's not Dakota Fanning. Who am I thinking? John Johnson. D yes, I, I haven't seen her in anything. I I didn't uh, the 50 only thing Shades I remember of Grey. Yeah, I never saw Fifty Shades of Grey. Neither did I. I mean That's I'm not part. casting aspersions on uh, what was what? Wasn't it like Twilight fan fiction? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, so I don't know how it relates to Twilight, but there you go. <laughs> but uh, Sydney Sweeney, and I, I mean no offense against Sydney Sweeney, nor sex workers. Sex work is real work, but Sydney Sweeney, she looks a little porny. <laughs> she looks, she kind of looks like a very high quality there we go with the genetic casting again you know that's all I, you said Patrick I'm not, Xavier. there you go lord forgive me i'm not trying to insult her or insult porn stars or sex workers or anything else but there's just something about her that's like you kind of yeah you, you look like you might get up to it um <laughs> which is moving you know on. <laughs> moving on <laughs> but i liked her i white lotus i thought she was fine in white lotus i thought that was great uh but I, you know, I think that, you know, I, but is that some I mean, of the casting that they're doing is they're casting people that are very attractive and sexy in these roles? Well, I mean, like, like Agatha, as in the actress who played Agatha, Agatha Harkins with the Harkness, Wanda. Yeah, yeah, yeah you Wanda. know, uh -huh. 
she was I mean, again, an older she yeah should have been older but first of all she was younger than us that's the first depressing thing but the second thing is oh no <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> second thing is that she actually it made sense that's the thing as a character it made sense that with her magic she is old as she was sure she could but make it herself made her look younger. young exactly that made sense but you have a character who has no magic who's supposed to be basically the oracle, for lack of a better term, Madam Webb, because she can see things across the line through this web thought, if lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. And, and you put her into a young body, and we're not complaining. We sure. know they're trying to do something. And, and my problem, not even with, with Madam Webb, my problem is back to Discovery again. You have five products for Gets DC. Let's talk about Wild E. Coyote versus Acme Court movie. Come on, man. You put that on the shelf? Yeah. But see, that's what I'm I mean, saying. It's like, I, I think that... That's not even a superhero movie. We all would have loved that. Anybody who, before political correctness, would have loved to see that. Because realistically, we know if anybody should have a right to sue is Wiley Coyote. Wiley. Yeah, he's got it. He's got it. He, I mean, and I'm sure he's there's other coyotes. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully he can find <laughs> other coyotes and get a class action suit going. But, I mean, uh, yeah, but, yeah, but you know, I, I, so I'm not quite sure what the reason for certain green lighting of things is. Like, I don't know if Marvel is trying to tie together the Marvels and Shang-Chi and, and Madam Web together. I don't know if, uh, well, my advice, my freebie, mm-hmm. my freebie is friendship. Is what? Good. Finish it. Go back to the ways of Babylon Five when Paramount had the they take a syndicated channel and claim two hours. Mm-hmm. That's where Hercules came from. That's where Xena came from. Mm-hmm. You know they had the Night Rider, twenty ten, which nobody liked. They had Smokey and the Bandit, which they did a couple of movies. They were doing these TV shows. They were just trying anything. Yeah, throwing it's and, the spaghetti sort of version of just throw whatever you can up against the window and see what sticks. Exactly. But Babylon 5 was one of the ones that they finished. Hercules is one of the ones they finished, even though they finished it through Xena. Hmm. You understand? Now the problem, and even the legend of Kung Fu, the legend continues, they finish it. But the problem is, and this is the weirdest thing, in their cases, mm-hmm. a lot of times, the show is going to end, and somewhere along the line, the last episode made more sense to be the previous the last episode hmm. in other words the episode before made more sense to be the last episode the sure. way it was written the way it was wrapped up sure. it made more sense Zena, they had her reincarnated in the 20th century you know and she's actually boxer you know the the tagalong guy and and she really that's how they ended Zena. that's that was the second episode Oh my goodness. But when it but but in the end, Aries came back and realigned their bodies. Okay. That made a nice good ending. Hmm. Okay. But instead they had Xena die and they had her professor love to Gabrielle and everything. You're like, well, you could have did that first. That's fine. Great. Just I never watched Xena. <laughs> I always liked Lucy Lawless and all the things I've seen her in. I loved her in Ash versus the Evil Dead. Um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But because uh, I do have uh, a little bit of horror geek as well, but, uh, but I have I never saw the Xena stuff, nor did I see the Hercules stuff. Well, see, that's again we we talk about casting is all in how the character's dead because Sean Connery first played Zeus, sure. And this this to me was more like the Liam you know Liam Neeson uh, 
kind of Zeus, as in, I'm your father, let's have fun. You know? Sure. And then they had uh, Roy Dice, he played Zeus, and those were like, I'm your father, you need to help me, because they were going to kill him. Mm-hmm. And, and this then they is had all in younger... Hercules and Xena? Yes. And, and then they had another actor. Of, how many seasons of Hercules was there? There was like five seasons, five Xena's seasons of, of Hercules, plus three TV movies and one cartoon. Holy smokes. <laughs> so Kevin Sorbo was making some money there. <laughs> right. And then, then uh, that's now, where Ryan Gosling got his uh, start as young Hercules. Well, there you go. Really? Yes. See, hmm. see, we're we're all sure. But that's, again, our, our geekness. But still, <laughs> yeah, each yeah. one of the actors portrayed and, and channeled a different vision of how Zeus was in the story. Yeah, you're so when they on had, the, I couldn't, on the couldn't think one. about it when they had the younger uh, Zeus. He channeled the menace of Zeus. He channeled Zeus being willing to kill everybody, and the only one that could kill him was Hercules. That huh. made it sense. You know, what I mean, you didn't like it from a Paphian point of view, but it made sense. But the way they're up here, well, we're going to bring in a superhero. Because like you said once, and it's true, part of the reason they're losing money is they don't finish it. So people are like, why am I going to invest my time? And you're not going to invest it, so I finish it. Well, and I think that, you know, I think there's a lot of burnout to go around. I think that there's some Star Wars burnout. I think there's some superhero fatigue. I think there's a lot of that. I think that... um yeah, I th- I think that some of that stuff just tends to work much better on a smaller scale. And you know, maybe maybe some of these uh producers are just wanting too much out of these properties and they might not they it might not uh go their way cuz yeah, I don't I don't know that James Gunn is going to bring me to the theater with any of the DC stuff. I just don't know that. Well, the only thing he's really done is he in, infused music into certain scenes so that people like the song. Sure. He's done I mean, the Galaxy of done. the Gu- Guardians of the Galaxy music thing. Yes. You know, and, and I mean, that's nice. You know, I mean, I saw they did that with Flash. You know, mm-hmm. they had the, the ending credit with the music going along with the dog being the sure. last to be saved. Okay, that made sense. Sure. But like you were saying, there are so many things they can do without hair triggering. And like I said, finish it. Because Babylon 5 is considered one of the best things. And it got low ratings the first three years. Didn't uh, Wasn't it Kosinski that wrote that? J. Michael yes. Straczynski, I mean, wrote that? Yes. Yes. Huh. I might have and, to. And, I, you and, know, it, was, it, it kind of missed me. I don't know how I missed that. Um, and I've heard nothing but good stuff about it. I stayed solidly in Star star trek stuff and star wars stuff on the tv i did do farscape and the expanse the expanse i thought was great and but they had some problems with their i think last season uh uh altered carbon so i mean there's definitely different sci-fi properties that i've watched but i i that were on tv but i never watched babylon 5 and you really good you say yeah it really is how many seasons was it Five, but see, that's the cool part. You know why it's cool? Yeah. Because day one, they said, we need five years to finish our story. And they finished it. And they finished it. Hmm. Wow. And see, that's, and that's, that's what's irritating about, because Snyder would have finished Justice League in five years. They just let him finish it. We wouldn't have all the soap opera with the Flash. Sure. We would have the story done. 
the actors would have gone and did other things and be quite happy. Sure. And it would have been fine. But now they have to do James Gunn. Exactly. Well, they were starting. And people are going, well, why would I want to do that when you, you know, in five years, you're going to get rid of them. No one says that, you know, I mean, even Godzilla took a, a 10 year rest. Well, I think one of the reasons why some of these Godzilla movies are doing so well is because people still want big action films where things go boom. And they might not be so tied to uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think Wolverine and Deadpool, that's going to do well. Uh, I think that might bring me back, but I'm not a Deadpool fan. I I liked Deadpool 1.0. His name was Spider-Man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's, you know. Touché, touché. Yeah, so I, you know, I... A crasser Spider-Man, eh, not that you know. It, but it he came out in I think the worst period of comic books, which is the '90s. You know the ouch that yeah, hurt me. It, Thank it, you. It it was it was bad though. I mean all the foil covers and the chromium covers and the well that was really holographic the color you, covers. And, yeah, everything was a supreme. The only good thing was the internet was the way it was now. Yes. And why I say that? Because literally they I bought this chrome cover and they're selling on eBay the next day for a thousand dollars. Wait a minute. Well sure. Yeah, now and now <laughs> if you were to sell that same comic book, you wouldn't you couldn't give it away. Uh yeah. So that was part of the problem is that you know some of that, that stuff that was the saturation of that time. Yeah. Well, and you know, the death of Superman was during that period of time, and you had nightfall. And, you know, the whole Bane breaking Batman's back and all of that stuff. And, uh, yeah, I, I I didn't like the the 90s weren't my favorite. I did like Vertigo. DC, I think, has always done adult comic books or mature comic books much better than Marvel ever, ever could, ever has tried I think they to do. do. I'm not going to say superheroes. I'm going to stay out the superheroes. But I think they do overall all the others better. What I mean is when they want to go kitty, they do kitty well. Yeah, that's true. I mean, adult, they do adult well. That's true. I feel like, I feel like Marvel was kicking butt and taking names from the '60s to the '80s, and I think that the '80s on, I think that uh, DC really has been the stronger, arguably the stronger. Uh, set of stories between the two between the two yes I, I mean marvel always would have any number of outliers like immortal hulk or or you know um the vision a limited series those were really good i mean there's always been you know issues here and there that were really good hickman i think was doing well for the most part well Spider-Man. see it's like well one of the arguments i've heard is john uh, landis you know, American Werewolf in London. Mm-hmm. His son had an interview because he's a director now. Mm-hmm. Anyway, long story short, he was saying, you know, the biggest mistake ever is that they killed Superman and bought him back. You know, he's saying this, of course, with drinking. And of course, I like I said, I'm a Superman fan, so I don't agree with him. But I do see his point from a story point of view. Yeah, well, and there's no reason why they shouldn't have a multiverse or really have a multiverse. Well, they Superman have... does die. They had him gone for a long time, though. I mean, he was gone for what a couple of years. He was gone for about he's gone for about a year. 
I felt because they had the reign of Superman that whole period of time. Yes, you know. he was gone for about a year because during that time, they introduced Steel. Mm-hmm. They introduced and Superboy. Superboy. Yeah, and they introduced the Eradicator. Sure. And during that time, they slowly was bringing him back during that whole year. Sure. Because by the end of the year, we were supposed to discover that Cyborg Superman was actually the bad guy overall. Sure. Well, and, you know, I, I, I think part of the problem was Superman with a mullet has always been a bit of a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Super mullet is not not a good look. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were they were trying a little hard. They they, not hard. not a not a good look. But I, you know, but in general, I think that you know it was it was kind of spotty for Marvel uh, in the last I, ten or twenty years. I do believe there's been any number of good runs that people would do in Marvel. I mean, and there's always well, been well, good stories. The thing is, is that Marvel has always been the one of public. Public domain, hence mm-hmm. the Wolfman, hence Dracula, mm-hmm. hence you know Frankenstein, mm-hmm. you know, and some of them they did their own like the Man Thing is obviously a, a ripoff of you know the Swamp Thing, mm-hmm. but then it could be argued Aquaman's a ripoff of Namor, so it goes back and forth. Sure, sure. but th- that's again we you the story the story is what makes the difference. Well, that's yeah, it because. You know, but, Namor is supposed to be able to take uh, animal abilities. That's one thing Aquaman can't do. Mm-hmm. Aquaman can't take animal abilities, but he can command the Kraken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Namor can't well, do that. And, you know, Namor is just such a little snit. He's such a little jerk. He, I'm, he I'm, is. I'm editing, I'm editing this because I don't want it to have an explicit <laughs> warning, but he is a jerk. And I think that's one of the more interesting parts of his personality. He's like the one superhero where he's really a bit of an a-hole. <laughs> he, really... he is, but you know, in his own way, I mean, like one I saw was very interesting. It was a clip because I couldn't tell you the comic because I didn't read the comic, but it was mm-hmm. a clip where this centipede, centipoid, mm-hmm. Bean was walking out, mm-hmm. and it was more of a humanoid attendant. And she was asking, "Did you sleep with her?" Talking about the Cinderpoint, he's like, a, "A prince doesn't tell." Yeah, yeah, no, he he gets up to in the, that he... sense. It was like that makes sense for his character. Yeah, he and gets... that makes the royalty and everything. But otherwise, you're right. In that sense, he is what you would want him to be. But otherwise, he is an a hole and then some. Yeah, he's he's great though. He's great because of that. Like he's the one character where he is full of himself and does not care. Tends to do the right thing. Nine but see, times they never put him against the right character. You know who would be a good character? Who? Just think. Against That's probably what easy. I give up. Nemo versus Doctor Doom. Oh well, they've had moments of that. There was the supervillain team up. That they issues that came out in the seventies, I think that would have. No, I mean, really go out Atlantis versus Lathania, Latveria, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think, I, I think Doom. There's not many people Doom respects. There's not many. I think there's a Hickman story, a Doctor Doom story coming out here pretty soon that I might have to pick up. But there's not many people that. Doom respects, but Namor might be one. I think he, mm-hmm. I think he respects him. I think he respects uh, Magneto. <clears throat> I think he begrudgingly, if you put a gun to his head, 
a magic gun because he probably would have to he'd have to use source of supremacy to get through. Uh, he would say he respects Reed Richards. See, this came full circle. We talked about Fantastic Four again. Uh, yeah. But I, you know, in general, he did not not a he's not he's another person that's a bit of a jerk. Do they have anyone in DC aside from Lex Luthor that really rolls the way Doctor Doom and Namor roll? I can't think of anyone. I can't think of anyone that True, just. But it depends upon the writing too. But it depends upon Aquaman. Uh, but it depends upon the writing. Depends on the writing. Doctor Fate maybe. Occasionally, Doctor Fate, Fate can be kind of arrogant more... a little bit. More when he's following the the rules of the law, law and order. When he's following order, as in the essence, not the law that we write, but you know, the sure. Cosmic. And then, Raj. A ghoul. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but even he has a dignity. But I guess he's kind of like them in that way. They both have dignity and and carry and themselves. Justification. Let's be honest. I mean, cry yes. it out loud. You know. In the Batman cartoon, he went and killed his daughter and put his brain in hers. I mean, come on. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. He does. He's he's a tough guy, but um, yeah. They but see, they could explore these stories, and then then there wouldn't necessarily be superhero fatigue. But I think we just got hit so steady for so many years, where those were the big movies. Yeah, there's some burnout, but they they have well, plenty of stories. They have they have plenty like of I things they before, can do. As long as we have a legal system. Where the little guy feels bullied, we're going to need superheroes. That's true. And maybe they'll go back to, maybe they'll go back to being like Superman was in his original iteration where he was beating up slumlords. That's a, a, (laughs) that telegraphs uh, maybe some of my political leanings, which, ladies and gentlemen, we will be starting another podcast, which is going to be Politrick, the politics of insight, where it's a roundtable, left and right and no no, uh, wing folks talking about politics that's coming up pretty soon and yeah maybe maybe superman will go back to beating up slumlords and rent uh, say the rent's too damn high <laughs> well yeah like he stopped the war he stopped the war by grabbing the two generals yeah you know, those those was... old superman he was he was a little batman he was a little bit batman every now and then. <laughs> yeah he, you know he just threw him and see what changed superman was the war that's what happened to superman you think that's what no, that's on record. That's what changed Superman was the war. How is it after he did that? How is it we can have him in fiction stop a war, and yet we have our boys going out there trying to stop a war? Yeah, I think I think the war that didn't help. I think it was kind of like nine eleven for the Marvel universe. It's like uh, they did address it. I think it was in Spider Man thirty six. I want to say yeah, uh, yeah, which was. I, I understood the sentiment of that issue, but when you're having like Dr. Doom cry because of 9-11, it was like, come on, dude. That guy has killed so many people. <laughs> he, he is and not, genocided. And, and not he, not huh? thought about it. I mean, he does it, he did it like a uh off the subject little I was seeing, you know, the most disturbing scenes in the movie, and they showed uh from the TV show Hannibal. Sure. You know, it, I it, mean one of the characters he literally sliced slice finely and put her in glass you're like yeah i mean yeah it's just like a doom action that's what doom would do yeah (laughs) dr doom got up to all kinds of shenanigans same with magneto same with i think they had the kip the kingpin in there also being like upset and it was like i understand that 
questions probably more realistic than any of them. Yeah, the it's like that, yeah. I mean, he literally it blew up Daredevil's brownstone. I mean, <laughs> I was saying he makes more sense though in that sense because he could feel because he always is is kind of like uh, the way I look at Kingpin is kind of like greed. Sure. From uh, Full Metal. Sure. That's exactly the best way. You know, yeah, I killed my people, but they're my people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Full Metal Alchemist. That's, man, I gotta yeah. finish. I gotta finish that up. That's another one that I'm about two thirds of the way done. That I'm just kind of like, oh, I should probably finish that up. Yeah, but, I mean, it just it just makes sense. That's that's what it was Kingpin. Now, like you said, Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom was more like wrath. Sure. Yeah, they're dead, and I'm not getting it. I'm not understanding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think we should check out that Doctor Doom's limited series that Hickman will do. Hickman, like I said, uh, if he had been given or wanted to do the amount of time on the Fantastic Four book, uh, that uh, Burn got, I think it would have been just so stellar because that it was only like maybe. 10 issues maybe uh, it wasn't very long i don't think it was 20 issues uh, for sure but it was a good run and it was the art was dale eaglesham who did mm -hmm. jsa i thought did arguably the best artwork that i've ever seen in jsa uh oh my gosh he's just such a good artist and that that was the artist and hickman was the writer and those were really good fantastic four books uh that's where you got the I guess it was the Council of Reeds, which Rick and Morty mm -hmm. and everybody else borrowed from. Of course, except for, you know, Constantine, because there's only one Constantine. Sure, sure. <laughs> so, well, anyway, that's the subject for today. Uh, I, you know, maybe there's some superhero fatigue. I think they'll continue uh, for sure. We'll Just continue. Just listen to your fans and you'll make money. That's easy. I didn't yeah, say you know make... rewrite and do the whole script. You know, don't don't cater to everything. Like I said, you shove Batgirl, that was stupid. You shove Acme versus Wiley e. Coyote, that's stupid. You know, because then it's like, okay, you you did these so that people could and you're gonna delete them. Like they said, they might delete it utterly as far as Wiley e. Coyote. Delete it, destroy it, get rid of all of it. And you're just like, why did they okay. why did they get rid of uh, bad girl. I don't remember. Was it the actress that they were had a problem? No, with it's just it was it was just they, they when they hired Gun, they decided to shut everything down. And so they had yeah. it done, but it just was like nah. It was ninety nine percent done. You know, you know when they do the tune ups and the checkups. Sure, ninety nine percent done. I mean, it's the same thing like with the Flash. The Flash was supposed to have a different ending, where everybody lived. Mm -hmm. It just be a different universe. Mm -hmm. You know, and I mean. This is what I have against it is stop cheating. What stop cheating? Don't put the don't put it before me and then take it away. Just don't put it before me. But yeah. you know, don't don't give me this new supergirl and go, oh, okay, she's cool, and then kill her. Because you remember Man of Steel. You know, Zod didn't have his powers day one he came out. Mm -hmm. But in the flash, he comes out, he has powers day one. Mm. Okay, we can give that to that being a different universe. Sure. But still, still, come on. Everything can't just be, you know. One of the things that I am concerned about, which is why I am a little concerned about the superhero burnout, is that these movies do cost quite a bit to make. It costs quite a bit to get the 
a, a Robert Downey Jr. to do it. Costs quite a bit to get the industrial light and magic or whoever is doing most of the special effects to really have the special effects. And if you're not even making 50 million, you know, off of a movie that costs you twice that to make people, they're going to stop making them. They're going to stop making them. And, you know, we but, do not want to go back to the days of Spider-Man using a rope. I've been yeah, there. No. That was horrible. No. Or the Hulk wearing Crocs. Please support, because that's what we did. We support, <laughs> even though yeah. we were we didn't even like it. Sometimes we weren't. So, that was the most horrible thing in the world. Yeah. So perhaps if you're a geek out there, uh, support the stuff because it could go away real easy. I definitely going to come out and watch Warhammer when and all that. Excuse me, when that comes out, uh, I probably and stop getting rid of actors as soon as you you get them. Henry Carville is the reason why I say that. Yeah, because yeah. well, he he wanted to do the books legitimately like the novels, and I think that they didn't want to do that. Uh, yeah, and, Richard, that was that's problem with Richard. And, and I think man, he got screwed there. Yeah, well, and this would be excuse me, uh, this would be kind of oh brother, how woke art thou? Part two. I had a conversation with some white. Uh, uh, compatriots, some uh, co workers of mine, and uh, talking about woke, and they had an interesting perspective because they were like, most of the arguments that they had were arguments to stick to the source material, and the, the production companies would change that stuff. And I think that's what they did with The Witcher, but because the way they changed it did involve race or gender the people that had the complaints about stick to the source material were painted occasionally as being sexist, racist, or homophobes. And I think I that's both sides. And I think that's the difficulty is that uh, for some of that stuff, um, you know, the complaints look like they may be racist or sexist, but in fact are more about continuity or, how the characters are and if they explain it right or write them well, then the fans typically, I tend to think geeks are a little bit more open to LGBT. Forgiving. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I, uh, and much more forgiving towards changes in race and gender than the public at large. I do, so. And I don't because the best example is uh, the new Dune, not Dune 2, Dune oh. 1. You're thinking of versus... like having some of the people on Atreides look a little bit more Arabic, perhaps? Well, no, not 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 that route. Even though I mentioned that to you earlier, not that route. But one of the ones is in Dune One that came out. Mm -hmm. The uh, I I forgot who he was. He was, but they changed her sex. They changed her race mm -hmm. because the character was white, and it was played by Max von Sheldon. You know the guy who played Max the von double. Max Sadow, maybe. But then Sadow, yeah played mm -hmm. by him and in the 84 movie mm -hmm. and his oh, with, was uh, his character, David Lynch right mm -hmm. and his character was what made sense from the point of view because it was based upon the book mm -hmm. he had became part of the culture he adapted the culture he loved the culture he wasn't from there okay the new one they changed the sex and she actually secretly was a member of the culture okay and it's just like that changed the story even microly in a different way. Sure. Because, you know, the other one, he was just left to die. In her case, 
she sacrificed her with, a, with one of the worms. But still, I mean, you're just like, hey, that just entirely changed the story. Well, so was it th- better? It can be argued. Well, and that's the thing is I think that fans are pretty tolerant if you change a story, if it makes it better. Like I don't like I said earlier in this conversation, I don't need the spider to have bitten Peter Parker to be radioactive. It makes more sense now to be a genetically enhanced super spider (laughs) than anything else. Uh, But, you know, that's fine. It's another thing if you are saying that, oh, the person that actually died was Aunt May, not Uncle Ben. I mean, that is that changes things a bit, you know, that changes. So let's see, that's the multiverse there. Sure. <laughs> and so, you know, if the if if the change. But I think that this is like I say, this is the part that would almost of this podcast that could almost be, oh, brother, how woke are there part two. I think that if you there seems to be people on both sides that have a vested interest in playing up some aspects of the argument, but for their own perhaps economic or political reasons. Like if you're upset that Finn was a black stormtrooper because your understanding of stormtroopers is that they're clones, that isn't necessarily racist. But if you as the producers or makers of that content say oh you people that are complaining you're just racist well if you explain oh no they they child soldier people which an empire would do they would kidnap people and and force them to be scriptors they would yeah they absolutely every empire does that and so that makes sense and then i from what i understood is that people when that got explained let that go you know right and so you can't say that it was necessarily racist, but if someone says what you're doing is racist, then they can hype their movie a bit more, get more people involved in the idea of no public, no publicity is bad publicity. It's all publicity and get more people to see it. And so while maybe making some folks who have legitimate concerns paint them as racist now i also think there are racists who absolutely are saying are saying racist stuff and trying to muddy the water there too you were going to say something oh no i was just thinking about a, a person i know he was talking about he had a question no he went to a rent fair he went to a rent fair and he was of our hue okay and he had a person at the ferry he run over to him and said there were no black people then and i'm like Hmm. Uh, <laughs> he put it out as a he put it out as a question of like the Moors. Yeah. Come yeah. on, the Moors. There was there was quite a few. There was the Ottoman Empire was just around the corner. <laughs> I mean the Moors, you know, um Zulu. Yeah. Um Yeah. I, I think that I think that people don't realize that the social construct of race uh when it comes to the creation of what is white and the creation of what is black is fairly modern. <laughs> There's that's, you know, a few hundred years tops, uh, that notion, Top. you Top. know, and, 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 you know, there's there, what people don't understand is racism exists, but it exists for different reasons. It exists because of fear. Sure. It exists because of bad experience. Sure. It exists because one was raised that way. Sure. It exists because you've been unjustly hurt. Sure. That, and, that's 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 it. 
and so yeah so i think this notion that there weren't pe black people in the middle ages is obviously incorrect we didn't just sort of we weren't yes, just we <laughs> right? yes, we no we were just in grass huts until we were saved by the white slave owners to no 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 educate. it's like come now one day yeah it's just like poof yeah we just appeared <laughs> um yeah, that's it's that level of ignorance that we're fighting for sure. And, and you know, when but, you're when you're geeks, you love story. And we, you know, and one thing about yeah, we have our preferences. When people jump and they'll say race preference sometimes too. And you just go, yeah. But it's not so much that it's more of good experience. Sure. Or supportive history. Sure. Because you know, we can talk about race and we have seen it. Mm -hmm. You go to a commission, you see those of our hue with not our hue sure especially sure. at our age and you wonder what happened but that's our age sure younger you see more of us the further younger you go the more you see of us and it's really like oh you guys come late well like i say <laughs> there's I'm, a lot of content creators on youtube that are black creatives talking about anime and i mean you know i'm an anime fan from the years of robotech <laughs> so you know i Kimba. go Kimba, I, the lion. I go way back. I don't go back to Astro Boy, but I definitely go back to Robotech and Manzinger. See, I go back and, to Battle of the Planets. Yeah, and Battle <laughs> of the Planets. Yep, which yeah, which used to be, which actually is Gotcha Man. Yeah, so yeah, I mean that's. I was talking to my wife about that just uh, yesterday because we ended up watching Battle Royale, <laughs> mm -hmm. which is a, a bananas movie. I remember reading the manga years ago. But it's bananas. <laughs> it's, it's so I can see and, why and, it was like, yes, this is super R, and <laughs> children should not see this, <laughs> and we're not going to play it <laughs> on regular audiences because we don't want kids going crazy. Uh, but yeah, that I was talking about, like yeah, yeah, Gotcha Man and Robotech, those were old school anime, and yeah, you know now videotapes. Yeah, and now you you can find any number of brothers and sisters that are into Naruto and Dragon Ball Z, you know. Well, I forgot those three black wrestlers. I forgot what their names are, uh, but they're super into Dragon Ball Z. And uh, see, I'm, that's why we're. This is called old man geek, uh, old man blurred, mm -hmm. ladies and gentlemen, because we forget well, everybody's yeah. names. <laughs> well, well, you know, I mean, and, and the truth <laughs> be told, you you look at it, and and I mean, there's some things. We tolerate, we tolerate the exaggerations of black lips in some of the old stuff, Ugh. you know. But we like the story is more important, you know. Or like, like people getting mad about black uh, dwarfs in the Ring of Power by Amazon. Mm -hmm. That was an old argument from last year, and it's like, uh, I'm more concerned about where they came up with dwarves and women having beards. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, and, you know, and I think that's when it dips a toe into a bit of racism. I Yes, I understand that J.R.R. Tolkien was looking at this as a European analogy and and a European uh, allegory. But, you know, I, I don't care about black dwarves. <laughs> I don't care particularly. <laughs> well, they had one. They had one. Uh, I forgot what the show was because literally I was looking at, I was looking at the powers me. of Merlin. Hmm? I was looking at the powers of Merlin. So he shows you how geeky I am. Mm -hmm. I was looking at the powers of Merlin and one of the recent interpretations had a black person play Merlin. Okay. And the person had a, a substantiated complaint. He said, you know, I'm going to sound racist for a minute, but I want you to hear me out. 
I couldn't tell you the name to save my life, but it's true. He said, the actor is good, Merlin's good, but Merlin should be black because one of King Arthur's knights was black. And that was the biggest attraction as far as highlighted factor of him mm-hmm. was that people were so awestruck that this black man, mm-hmm. you know, where he come from? Because, mm-hmm. you know, their arrogance and everything, mm-hmm. where he come from? And yet he's part of King Arthur's army. So they have two fillies. Number one, they go, okay, I believe the king has is doing right, but is he a demon or what? Mm-hmm. You know, and having Merlin be black, that takes away from it. Sure. I in other words, that, that, it, that makes it that's a reasonable argument. It's like if there are other characters that are black and it's made as a, a, a an important part of their character and the storyline, making another character black, that would be a contradiction to why that other character was black being a big deal. That makes sense. But again, it's the, the problem is, is that and I don't know what dark forces are involved, but it seems as though all of these conversations that involve wokeness and all of these things tend to be things that are casting choices where they make they change the gender or the race. And, you know, some they're just it, 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 it there's I just want to think about, you know, I think it's how do you say it in Latin? Qui bono, qui bono. It's like who benefits, because these arguments are being made. Who's benefiting? And I feel like there are people that are racist that are benefiting, and I think there are people who are marketing execs that are benefiting because they stir the pot. And I think everybody else is just <clears throat> involved in these arguments, uh, serving unfortunately their dark purposes, and that's unfortunate. Well, see, here's a good argument right here. This is racist on racist, and this I'm I'm guilty, Your Honor, I'm guilty. <laughs> The uh, play movie, 12 Angry Men. Mm-hmm. About 10, 15 years ago, I was riding the bus, and this girl was saying how she was going to be doing the sports fan in 12 Angry Men, and I was just floored. It's like, what? Are you making 12 drawers or something? This is crap. What the- <laughs> Why is it just that it shouldn't be a woman playing the characters? That was the the idea? The thing was is that the whole point was they talk about how there are men, and in the play they do talk about racism, but it's more towards Puerto Ricans or whatever the ethnicity was at the time that the movie was made, the play was made. Mm-hmm. Now, by having it be sexual, how can they have that scene? How can they have that explanation? See, but that's where, where I get into how there's it's a bit of a trap, because it's like these kinds of casting decisions, which on p- paper might be like, oh, that's kind of neat. But uh, also on paper, be like, well, that changes the story this way, that way. And my my worship of the story is the key point. But then because it involves race, because it involves gender, it then gets swallowed up by this culture war that everyone seems to be fighting. And I just wonder who's benefiting from it, because I do think that, you know, Sometimes you can tell a different story by changing a gender or changing a race, and that and it, it serves the story, and it, maybe you end up telling a better story. I don't think that changing the kingpin from white to black does much of anything, really. Like in the first, no, it's just supposed to be a person who was uh, a criminal all over the city. Yeah, he's just a criminal. It it made sense on some level, and but which is unfortunate because that has to do with stereotyping as well. But 
if it serves the story, it does, you know, and you can write it well, that's the key. But if you're doing it just to stir the pot, I think you're benefiting the racists and you're benefiting people whose bottom line is the bottom line, which is how much money they're going to make. Uh, I, the biggest thing that I ever got upset about was <clears throat> that the ancient one in Doctor Strange should have been Tibetan, which is what yes. he was in the comic books. And yes. the reason why that was changed, now a person could say, oh, well, you're being sexist or even racist because it was Tilda Swinton, who I love as an actress, um, being the character. But it, but my beef was, no, he, there's a reason why he was Tibetan. And the reason you changed it was because you wanted to sell to Chinese audiences. And you know, China has a major beef with Tibet and you wouldn't be able to make your extra billion dollars selling to China. So it wasn't Absolutely that it, it wasn't a service to the story. It was a service to your marketing and trying to not make trouble. And I tend to that, think it would have been better as a thumb in the face of authoritarians and to have them be Tibetan. And which is oh, I totally agree. And see, especially they can't say they can't they have too many Tibetan actors. They have too many Asian actors. And I mean, also, they'd look at it from the wrong time period because, like, Shang-Chi, you know, the Kung Fu master, they were trying to do Bruce Lee. But when he first came out, his father was Fu Manchu. Sure. As in the 1929 pulp novel villain. Sure. And, you know, again, they'll go as racist. What is racist? The idea of Fu Manchu is no more than a Cardassian. Sure. What? Yes, as in Star Trek, sure. no more than they're methodical, and they make sure. It. So you want to say that about the Asian culture at that time? Yes. But see, I you think that's that? that plays into the trope of that whole Orientalism exotic thing that they did, and I think that there was an element of the ancient one that played into that too, and so. It may not be overtly racist. It's certainly on the same highway <laughs> of racial yeah, got, stereotypes. Oh, oh. oh, yeah. But, I mean, it's the same thing like in the movies. Would it have blacks be stronger or whatever else? Okay. Sure, sure. We can go back to Jimmy the Greek if we're going to go that route. But get sure. my point. Sure. I don't want us to be canceled like him. Yeah, right. Jimmy the Greek. But I do. But I. But see, that's the thing is that I'm a person who has fought for LGBTQIA plus rights. I've 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 wear my lefty lefterson stuff on my sleeve but i didn't like that casting just because i felt like that was not courageous they could have been courageous had it stick to the i feel the same to, way to the truth of the story and also they could have navigated avoiding some of those ancient oriental quote unquote uh trope kind of stuff you know the the orient is mysterious and exotic they could have avoided that and still well, had you could it have played off it because it, it is but how much you know yeah I mean, they could have been mysterious sure than, like someone not seeing a, a car from the inside i mean come on sure but and i i still my I, point is uh oh go ahead Oh, I was just going to say, I would, and I still enjoyed Tilda Swinton in it. I w wasn't like getting on uh, my keyboard, but going bang, 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 bang on the keyboard saying, I am mad about this. No, but, uh, you know, but no, it, see, I felt the opposite. I was mad about Finn. Who? I was mad about Finn from the last three oh, of the from, Star Wars trilogy. Uh, yes. And I, I think yeah, you are. Because he, he was going to be the Jedi, the next Jedi. And when you brought up China. That they took him off the poster when he went to China. 
Sure. And I think that, uh, the, you know, there seems to be uh, some prejudice that seems to be a concern um, with Chinese oh, audiences. Oh, let's be okay. Yeah, well, they, when is their country? <laughs> yeah, there seems to there seems to be some racial intolerance with China when it comes to people of color that are black. Uh, I think they were worried about Black Panther doing well, and Black Panther did fine there. So you know, maybe mm-hmm. maybe don't kowtow to the prejudices of a country, and 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 do the stories as they could be done. And, you know, I think having him be Tibetan would have been a night, like I said, a nice thumb in the face of authoritarians who believe they can walk in and take over a country and, they can and still do destroy it. them. They could hmm. still do it. We could have an ancient, ancient one before her. Sure. Who somehow was Tibetan. Yeah. Who could have yeah. been her teacher. I mean, there's yeah. so many things we could do, but again, that's, that's what I mean. Cause like you talk about the black Panther, here we hear, and this is where, again, our interpretation versus their interpretation. One of the critics of China, from China, about the Black Panther was that it was dark. First thing they thought about was that it was talking about Black. No, they were talking about it was dark. Sure. And if you think about it, 70% of the movie does take place in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It takes place at night. <laughs> sure. It's true. Yeah, but I I think it sometimes give people more credit, and you know sometimes you do have to push uh, a group to be a bit more accepting. I don't think you should change American art so what that we it do. can be so it can be more pal- palatable to another audience. I don't think that I think that's I think that's giving a uh, one of the strengths that is America away for commerce, and I don't like that, but. I mean, we did that as far back as the Magnificent Seven in reverse. Sure. Because the <laughs> well, poor dirt climbers, good... <laughs> you know, they're running around with all their clothes are lily snow white, even though they're poor dirt farmers. Think about that for a second. Sure. Well, you the know, Mexican there has... culture didn't want them to look bad. <laughs> there hasn't been there hasn't been a, a good Western that wasn't ripped off from Japan. <laughs> well, you're going to go that route. So, so yeah, the Magnificent Seven. I mean, the Seven, seven Samurai. Seven Yes, yes, I know. Yes, yeah. yes. But with that road, huh? Yeah, I did. I did. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was we went a little bit long, which I think is great, and you'll enjoy it. Uh, we got a little bit of the woke stuff. We talked about some nopes and some dopes and some hopes. Uh, but uh, I think that we probably should wrap it up so I can edit this thing. Yep. <laughs> So, uh, like I said before, please uh, like and subscribe to us. Uh, hit the likes. They're very important. For those of you that aren't people that make content, you may not know that those likes help uh, the algorithm, the almighty algorithm, and helps us to get that much closer to being able to get commercials and get monetized. Right now, we're doing this as a hobby. We'd love to do it more and uh, maybe a uh, have a few dinero shoved our way uh, in the uh, uh, with some advertising to help with some of the costs that we incur by doing this that we love so but uh drakestorm at gmail.com and uh urban dharma eight that's urban dharma at the number eight at gmail.com or drop you d-r-u-p-g-y-u one zero eight at gmail.com to get a hold of us and uh yeah let us know your thoughts uh through emails or you know anything else any way you want to get in touch with us social media there's uh we're on 
uh, Instagram with that so uh, quantum. Uh, get a hold of us there and just let us know what you think if there is superhero burnout and if the woke thing is still plaguing us <laughs> a plague on our a pox on our house of nerddom uh let us yes, know it is. <laughs> let us know and so like we like to say uh don't be a stranger just be strange take care and we'll see you next week yep bye <laughs>